Two tight ends in and a fullback. Snap, handoff, Jacobs trying the middle. He walks in. Touchdown Raiders. Josh Jacobs with his 12th rushing touchdown of the season. And the Raiders are an extra point away from tying this game with 1-11 on the clock. This is Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. Presented by the Jewelers of Las Vegas. Here's your boy Q. Q. Week 17 action right there. Josh Jacobs punching in his 12th touchdown of the season. That was against the 49ers. That was on New Year's Day at Allegiant Stadium. Of course, they went on to play the Chiefs in week 18, the following the week, and the season got wrapped up. But there you go, Josh Jacobs, 12 touchdowns on the season. Hell of a season that J.J. had on way of leading the NFL in rushing. And, of course, now is at a stalemate with the silver and black as he's trying to put things together, get that contract signed, get to camp, and uh, get ready for the upcoming season. So let's have a good day to have a good day. This is Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. My man Ari's making everything go in the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. Of course, I'm in the home studio, as always. We like to call it Studio Q. And uh, we're going to have a fun show for you this afternoon. Very excited, very fired up. And, of course, the show is brought to you by the Jewelers of Las Vegas. We definitely appreciate them. Shout out to my man Mordecai. You can check them out online at thejewelers.com. I'll let you know about, a lot more about them later on in the show. But as I mentioned, we got a big show lined up for you as the Raiders prepare to play preseason game number three coming up tomorrow in Big D. They're in Arlington taking on the Dallas Cowboys. The team took off yesterday. JT, who you heard Harry Ruiz filling in for him, is already in Arlington. Uh, a lot of the folks that cover the silver and black, like Vinny Bonsignor, are already in Arlington. A lot of people already uh, in, in place and in position to cover that game, Raiders and Cowboys, preseason game number three. And I'll tell you right now, I was excited when the preseason started. I really was. That first preseason game against the Niners at Allegiant Stadium, I was pumped because it's football activity. But now that it's week three, I'm ready for it to be over, right? I cannot wait until the preseason is officially over. On Tuesday, of course, it comes down to the 53-man roster. They've got to set the practice squad. They've got to scour the waiver wire, decide who fits and who doesn't, who may get released from another team, and they br- and the Raiders decide to bring them in. Uh, there's a lot to do still as far as the roster construction, but I'll tell you right now, just – the fact that the preseason is almost over is a great thing. Cannot wait. That just means we're that much closer to official football and the 2023 season getting underway week one in Denver. Uh, I mentioned it many times before, and I'll continue to mention it, that we do have something pretty special coming up for the first home game for the Raiders in 2023, which will be at Allegiant Stadium against the Pittsburgh Steelers. That'll be prime time action Sunday night football. We'll have something really, really special that will be given away here on Raider Nation Radio 920. So uh, we're definitely going to make sure somebody gets hooked up in an in a awesome way in time for that first home game again against the Pittsburgh Steelers week three in the 2023 season. But we can't get to week three until you finish with preseason game number three. And then you get to week one. And then you get to week two. And then, and only then, Will it be week three? So who will be out there playing? Well, that's up to Dave Ziegler and Champ Kelly. And uh, we heard from them yesterday as that they were at the Intermountain uh, Health Performance Center. They did a, a hell of a job talking to the media. We brought some of those sound bites to the show yesterday as I was not able to be in attendance because, well, we were at the Circa. Uh, and that was great to be there at Circa Sports. We definitely appreciate everyone that had us out there yesterday and ran into a lot of people that I knew. So I had a, uh, an opportunity afterwards, after the show, to talk, meet and greet with some people and thought that that was fun as well. So Derek Stevens and everyone over at the Circa, we definitely appreciate them for, for hosting us yesterday. As a matter of fact, they hosted our sister station, ESPN Las Vegas, this morning. The press box, Ed Graney and Tyler Bischoff, they were out there from 7 a.m. to 10 a.m. But 
It's about this show this afternoon as we close things out on a Friday, close it out really strong, head into the weekend. As I mentioned, get you prepared for Raider football coming up on Saturday. JT, once again, will be on the play-by-play call. Him, Eric Allen, and, uh, and Lincoln Kennedy, they've done a great job through two games. They're going to finish off the preseason one more time. Jason Horowitz and Rich Gannon and Matt Millen will be on the TV side of things one more time. And as I told Jason Horowitz last week, like, don't get comfortable on that TV. Don't get comfortable there, dog. Like, come back, right? What did, what did, what did, uh, what did Smokey tell uh, – what, no, what did, uh, what did Craig tell Smokey on Friday? Come back. <laughs> come back, right? I mean, that's like, – you got to tell Jason that. Jason – this is, a, this is his claim to fame. Like, everyone in the media knows this. So if you ever just meet Jason in person, like if you see him at Allegiant Stadium uh, at the Coors Light's landing right there at the torch, and he's maybe coming off the set or whatever and about to head upstairs to the booth, just tell him this because this is the running joke about Jason Horowitz amongst all media members, well, that know this joke. He's got the whitest teeth in, in media. And, and he'll, he'll, he'll own it. When you tell him that, he'll just start dying because, one, he'll say, all right, who the hell have you been talking to? As I hit him with that one day at training camp, I had talked to someone just earlier that morning, and they're like, man, you know the thing about Jason Horowitz? I said, what? I said, he's got the whitest teeth in media. So I started laughing, and then I just happened to run into him at training camp, and I go, Jason, you know what I noticed about you, dog? He's like, what? You got the whitest teeth in media, and he just started dying. So I'm telling you, Raider Nation, if you ever see him at the torch, and he's there all the time, he goes on with JT and Eric Allen right there, uh, you know, before the game, during the pregame show. If you ever see him, just say that to him and see how much he'll start laughing. It's, it's really a funny little joke between, well, everybody and Jason Horowitz. But, uh, yeah, I told him, get back off that TV, man. Come back to the radio side of things. You'll be all right. So uh, he'll be back doing that once week one gets underway. But for right now, for the preseason, it's been a lot of fun seeing him on the TV, seeing or hearing JT uh, doing the, the, the call of the game, and then I've been doing the pregame and the postgame show since uh, JT normally does that. So we've all kind of uh, expanded our roles a little bit this preseason, and I don't know about you, but I've had a lot of fun. So uh, hopefully you have as well, and hopefully you've enjoyed what you've heard and what you've seen. Of course, the Raiders so far in the preseason, 2-0. Not that the win-loss record matters, but I think what you've seen on the field has pretty, been pretty good as well. So coming up on the show today, Cassie Soto from the Las Vegas Review-Journal. She'll join us at 2.30, and this is really uh, a goodbye the Cassie Soto. Uh, Cassie is leaving media. She's been doing, uh, she's been covering the Raiders and been doing media for the Las Vegas Review Journal for quite a while now. Uh, she put out on Twitter just the other day that she was leaving. She was getting out of the, the sports media type world, uh, at least for now. And, uh, you know, Cassie's a good friend. Cassie's family is good friends as well. So uh, sad to see her go. She's, she's always fun to talk to. So she's going she's gonna to join the show at 2.30, talk about what she's seen from the silver and black, and we'll, we'll kind of let her go on her uh, farewell tour, right? She's been, <laughs> she's been doing all these different radio shows now, hopping on, and everyone's been giving her her flowers, which is cool. I think Dave Ziegler yesterday even shouted her out during the, during the press conference, so I thought that that was cool as well. Nice tip of the cap from Dave Ziegler. So uh, Cassie Soto will join us to talk all things Raiders, talk about what What's next? What she's got going on uh, after she leaves the Las Vegas Review Journal. And I know that if she's leaving the Las Vegas Review Journal, that means that she's uh, headed to bigger and better things. And so excited about what's next for Cassie Soto. That's coming up at 2.30. We'll talk to her. At 3 o'clock, we'll talk to former Raider wide receiver uh, Kenny Shedd, good friend of the show. Kenny Kenny is a good dude, man. I I really enjoy – the relationship that me and him have built over the past few years. And uh, he sent me a text earlier this week, and he's working on a project, K-Shed Uncuffed. He has his own little podcast that he's doing. He's already a film director. I mean, he's got so many different uh, irons in the fire that he's been working on a lot post 
post playing football, right? I mean, even even being an officer of the law, right? I mean, he's he's done so many different things. I mean, this guy is super talented, but he sent me a text earlier this week about uh, his podcast, Uncuffed, uh, K-Shed Uncuffed. And so I told him, I said, I'll give it a listen, right? I said, as soon as I, uh, you know, get a, a couple seconds downtime, I'll, I'll give it a listen and see, see what it's all about. Well, he's got this event, and it's called uh, uh, Project Vegas, uh, the Vegas Project, I should say. And so it's actually coming up tomorrow. There's a big fighting event coming on in town that Kenny has a lot to do with. And so uh, listening to his podcast and the way that he told the story and the relationships that he was building and the fact that he didn't have any kind of MMA anything at all. Like, he knew nothing about MMA. He had no contacts in MMA. But because the Raiders are here in Vegas, he made a couple of calls to people that he thought might know and kind of got the ball rolling. And he'll tell this story way better than I did. But, man – uh, Kenny's a good dude. So we're going to talk to him about uh, K-Shed Uncuffed, uh, everything he's got going on, uh, the Vegas Project, uh, all this good stuff that he's got going on. Of course, we'll dip into the silver and black. He was in Allegiant Stadium for uh, for uh, that 49er game, the very first one when it was Alumni Day. Uh, he was there in the Wind Club, and so uh, as a lot of uh, the Raiders, former Raiders, were over 300 former Raiders were represented that day at Allegiant Stadium, the only home game that they had. Throughout the course of uh, of the preseason, that's when I did the pre pregame show with Donald Penn, who was having a good time in the in the wind club as well. So uh, Kenny will just talk to us about the Raiders, but really want to deep dive into K Shed Uncuffed, his podcast, and of course uh, the Vegas project that he's working on as well. Lots of really good stuff, and like I said, listening to his podcast and the way that he was able to tell this story and really narrate the story, he did a hell of a job. So cannot wait to talk to Kenny coming up at three o'clock. Then at 4 o'clock, our good friend Nick Shook from NFL.com. He's a guy that I've known for quite a while, and he joins the show usually once a week, maybe once every two weeks, just to go over all things NFL. Of course, we'll dip into the conversations when it comes to Jonathan Taylor. We'll dip into the conversations when it comes to Trey Lance. We'll dip into the Josh Jacobs conversation. Like everything going on in the NFL, we'll talk with Nick Shook from uh, NFL.com. He was a guy that I actually met what was it? Was it last year? Yeah, I guess it was. I guess it was last year that I met him uh, right before the Hall of Fame game when Josh Jacobs actually played in the Hall of Fame game when the Raiders were there in Canton, Ohio, and they ended up having four preseason games. He sat right next to me in the press box, and this is what happens when I sit in the press box. If you're sitting next to me, well, there's going to be some kind of conversation, right? There's always going to be some kind of conversation, and so I introduced myself to him uh, in the press box, and we literally talked uh, throughout the whole, the whole game. And we became, you know, really good friends. And so we've been rocking with each other ever since then. And that's just kind of how it is. That's how you build relationships, especially in this business. Uh, Everybody knows everybody. But Nick is fantastic. Uh, He does a great job for NFL.com. He had put out a piece about uh, potential landing spots for Jonathan Taylor if he was to be traded. And, of course, we all know that Jonathan Taylor wants to be traded from the Indianapolis Colts. The Colts have given him until Tuesday to find a potential trade, a landing spot, even though they've rejected a couple trade offers already. I guess Miami offered something for him, and, well, there was a no-go there. Apparently Miami has called the Raiders to uh, see if Josh Jacobs was available, and the Raiders said no, so there's that. Miami's looking for some running back, right? They think that they've got something going, got a really good team, and so they, they feel like they're one really good running back away. So we'll, we'll, talk to, we'll talk to Nick about that, but in his piece about the four potential landing spots, he actually has the Raiders listed as one. So that's – that was interesting to me and intriguing to me because we all know that the Raiders have Josh Jacobs and they really don't need Jonathan Taylor. I had someone suggest that to me on my podcast that, you know, if the Raiders were to trade for Jonathan Taylor, that'd be an upgrade over Josh Jacobs. And I said, how? <laughs> how? No, no disrespect, but how? The guy missed six games last year and he's injured right now. There, there's not – I mean, Josh Jacobs has missed six games in his career. 
right? Right? In his career. So I was like, eh, I don't know about that. I, I get it. And it's funny. I heard someone talking earlier. I think it was on our sister station, ESPN Las Vegas. I can't remember. I was flipping back and forth. I want to say it was on our sister station. They were on with the press box, and they were saying how much better of a receiver Jonathan Taylor is than Josh Jacobs. And I was like, does nobody look at the numbers? Like, everyone always just assumes that Josh Jacobs is not a good receiver. But if you look at the numbers, he is a good receiver. He had 53 catches last year. 53. You know who had less than that? Yeah, Jonathan Taylor. (laughs) Right? You know, I mean, everyone, oh, Saquon Barkley's a better receiver. Is he? Did you see how many yards he had? Did you see how many catches he had? Like, it's so funny because Josh Jacobs, they're, they're not throwing him the rock all the time, even though he still caught 53 passes. It's just kind of like everyone presumes that he's not a very good receiver and he can't do this, that, and the other, but he can. He's definitely the guy that makes everything go, running the rock between the tackles, running the ball outside, and also catching the ball. Oh, and pass blocking too, which is pretty important. So, uh, yeah, it's so funny when, when I hear that and, and people say it. It's funny, Josh Jacobs actually said it to, to me one time. He said, I don't know where this, this uh, conversation has come from that I can't catch the ball. I was doing that as a specialty in college. Like, he did that all the time. That's why he was part of a three-headed monster. And that's why he didn't have that much wear and tear on his body because he was always catching the ball at Alabama. Yeah, he was running the rock too, but not that much because they had three – like I said, he was part of a three-headed monster. So he was more of what the Amir Abdullah role would be now, right? A guy that you know, oh, he's in the game, there's a good chance that he's going to catch the ball. That's what he was doing in Alabama, which is what made me like him a lot because I, I saw the versatility in him. So it's just funny when people say that he's not a guy who receives the ball or he's not very good at pass catching and – I'm like, I don't know. I don't know what Josh Jacobs you're watching. But there's that. So we'll talk all things NFL with Nick Shook, a good a good friend of the show. That will come up at 4 o'clock. Of course, throughout the course of the show, we'll hear from you as well, 702-365-9200 and the don'tbebroke.com text line, 69187, keyword R&R. I already got text messages coming through, so we'll get to those in a hot minute. But Cassie Soto at 2.30, former Raider wide receiver Kenny Shedd at 3, and Nick Shook from NFL.com at 4. We'll also hear from head coach Joshua Daniels. We'll hear from uh, Dave Ziegler and, and Champ Kelly as uh, get you kind of prepared for tomorrow's final preseason game against the Dallas Cowboys. And then Ari will have reason or excuse coming up around 4.30. He'll give you some topics or give me some topics, and we'll decide if it's a reason or excuse. So as you can tell, we got a loaded show. Let's go ahead and jump right into it. Let's get into the opening drive. The opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM is brought to you by Paul Law. It's not about the injury. It's about the recovery. Got a, got a couple texts here already, one from the 408. Love me some JJ, but let's be honest, a lot of those completions came as a result of Captain Checkdown, Derek Carr. Look, I don't care how he caught the passes, right? I mean, you get eight, nine, ten yards, do we, does anybody care? <laughs> does anybody shake a stick at a first down? Does anybody shake a stick at a I, – I don't. I, I don't care how you get the ball regardless, right? And, and I mean, this is not, not the topic of the day, but, I mean, it's just – it kind of is what it is. I mean, if the guy is catching passes, he's catching passes. And, and what he does after the catch is what I'm more impressed with. What he's, what he's able to do with the ball in his hands once he gets it, that's what really matters. I mean, he doesn't have to go out and run Christian McCaffrey types, t- type of routes. He doesn't have to do that. But the dude's able to make plenty of catches, and he's done so throughout the course of his career. But just, I mean, just even looking back at last year real quick, what do you have? 53 receptions, 400 yards, <laughs> right? And one along of 43 yards. 16 first downs. You tell me you wouldn't take 16 first downs? I would. I don't, I don't know about you, but I'd take 16 first downs. If you know that uh, this guy is going to get you pretty close to a first down, if not more, uh, whenever he catches the ball, 
I think you'll take that. But so thank you for that text. I do appreciate you. Sir Whiskey Ray hit us up and said, Gentlemen, happy Friday. Shout out to Jason for having the whitest teeth in sports industry. LOL. I'm going to keep this short and sweet. Tomorrow's game versus the Cowboys, I want a fast-paced game and no injuries. Just like Q, Q, just like you, Q, I want preseason to end right away. Hoping tomorrow's game we can have a good assessment with guys who will keep and go forward for the upcoming 2023 season. Tough decisions are to be made, and I'm glad with that. I don't have to make any of them. I've got faith with our front office uh, here with cut, day, day, cut down day coming. Uh, other than that, have a fantastic weekend, gentlemen. Sir Whiskey Ray. And the only surprise there, Ari, is that he didn't tell us that he's on his way to a party. That's the only thing that I was surprised by. No party for Sir Whiskey Ray. What's really going on? It's early. <laughs> it, it's still early. <laughs> it's only 2.15. We might get a text, I'm sure, in the next couple hours. That's funny. That is that is too funny. Well, hey, we know the guy. We know. The hopefully, guy. if he's out there partying or getting ready to go party, he has a really good party. Uh, whatever he does. But let's go ahead and, like I said, jump into uh, the topic. And I got a couple of them coming for the show today. Uh, and one is about the position battle. What is the position battle that intrigues you the most? You know, and I have a couple that I'm looking at for tomorrow's game, and I have no idea who's all going to play. Really don't because it's preseason game number three, so it's almost like you you assess it like it could be preseason game number four, and you know some guys will dress out and, and not play. So I don't really know who's going to be out there, but I have a couple different position groups or different players that I'm looking at that could be in a battle in tomorrow's game. So that's the first question. What's the position battle that intrigues you the most? And then we talked about rookies on yesterday's show. Who is the vet that the Raiders brought in this offseason that you believe will have the biggest impact on the team this year? Again, we talked about rookies. Who's going to be the most productive for the Silver and Black? We did that on yesterday's show. So who is the veteran that the Raiders brought in this offseason that you believe will have the biggest impact? Again, 69187, keyword R&R, and, of course, 702-365-9200. And when I look at the veterans, I'll start there. When I look at the veterans, man, I, I'm seeing – and it's funny because you got to think about – I mean, it's one thing to say, look at Marcus Peters, say, oh, he'll be the guy. Or even a Marcus Epps, oh, yeah, he'll, he'll be the guy. I don't know why. I just – I have a gut feeling that Robert Spillane is going to be that dude. Like He's going to have the biggest impact. I'm not saying he's going to have the most production, but I feel like he's going to have the biggest impact because I think that linebacking room really needs to have that dude. They need to have that guy who's just all about ball. And that's if there's one thing I know about Robert Spillane, he is all ball. Like He talks ball. He lives ball. He sleeps ball. He eats ball. I mean, everything is ball, 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 ball. Like The first time I heard him talk about football, the game of football, I just knew then that's all this dude does. And that's okay, right? There's certain people that, that they're, they just, they're, they're, they're set in their ways and they have, they have a one-track mind and, and one focus. And for Robert Spillane, it's football. So, again, I'm not talking about production because a guy like Jacoby Myers, you can say, oh, he's going to have more yards and he's going to have more touchdowns. But just who's going to have the bigger impact? I think Robert Spillane is going to have a big-time impact on that Raiders defense. So that's that. And then position battles, I think cornerback, the cornerbacks is really what I'm focusing on. I'm looking at guys like Amik Robertson, talked about him yesterday, Sam Webb, David Long Jr., looking at those three guys, I think that they're battling. So the cornerback room, that's a, that's a battle uh, in a major way that I'm looking at that I think is, uh, is going to be an intriguing one. Um, let's see. How about the defensive line? Malcolm, Malcolm Koontz, Matthew Butler. Not that I think Butler is going to get released. Uh, I think Koontz has to continue to build off of what he's done. And then the wide receivers. And when I say the wide receiver room, how about this? Keelan Cole, Cam Sims, Christian Wilkerson, and DeAndre Carter. All four of those guys are different style wide receivers. They all have different traits that are really good, and you can see them fitting in with the team, but you know everyone can't fit in with the team. They can't keep 11 or 10 wide receivers. It's just not going to do that. So 
one of those guys, maybe two of those guys won't be there after Tuesday. So this game coming up tomorrow may be the last chance they have to really give an impression. I do think, little caveat, I think that DeAndre Carter makes the squad, right? I, I just really do. Uh, again, maybe I'm just a prisoner of what I saw on Saturday against the Rams, and if I am, so be it. But I think that he's, there's definitely a role for him on the squad. So then you're looking at Keelan Cole, who looks like he has a really good relationship with Aiden O'Connell, Cam Sims, who's got the size that nobody else has on the team, and Christian, Christian Wilkerson uh, is a guy that can catch the ball. He's very sure-handed, and oh, by the way, has some fancy footwork too. He's really good, as you saw him with that nice cut, touchdown catch at the back of the end zone. Caught the ball, got both feet in, inbounds at the last second. Another touchdown pass from one Aiden O'Connell. So that's, that's you know, some guys that I'm looking at for a battle. And then we'll close it out and we'll go to the phone lines. The tight ends. Austin Hooper. I really think that he's on the outside looking in. I don't know why my gut feeling tells me come Tuesday, Austin Hooper's not going to be a Raider anymore. I just, I don't like, I guess similar to what I was talking about with, uh, with um, um, DeAndre Carter, Austin Hooper, maybe I'm a victim of, of like a prisoner of the last moment as well, but that, that, those drops that he had on Saturday, that bad pass interference, offensive pass interference that he had on Saturday, that just doesn't sit well with me. For a guy that's a veteran like he is, there's no reason. I don't think there's any excuse on why he had a day like that on Saturday against the Rams. But you look at that tight end room, Austin Hooper, Jesper Horstead, Cole Fotheringham, those guys have been doing their job. I think Austin Hooper, he, he may, you know, we'll see. If he, if he suits up tomorrow, that'll tell you a lot. If you see him out there playing tomorrow, that'll tell you that he's still fighting for his job. If he's not suited up, then most likely he's made the squad. When they signed him, I thought that that was a great little one-two punch. Okay, cool. You know, you get Michael Mayer and you get Austin Hooper or whatever the case may be, or maybe they signed him first and then went and drafted Michael Mayer. Either way you look at it, I thought that was a nice one-two punch. Now, not so much. So that's really the, the, the battles that I'm looking for. And I don't know, out of all those guys I just mentioned, I don't know how many of them are going to play tomorrow. Like, none of us do know how many are going to play. But somebody's got to go out there and play. And I think that a couple jobs can be won coming up tomorrow versus the Dallas Cowboys. But I want to hear from you, 702-365-9200, keyword R&R, so don't be broke.com text line. Uh, Sean in Henderson, welcome to the show. Sean, what's on your mind? Hey, Q, love the content. Hey, uh, the, the battle that I'm most interested in is defensive line, um, particularly on the interior. You know, I, you know, is Isaac Rochelle going to make it? You know, Nesta Jade Silvera, you know, Matthew Butler, who I'm not a fan of, but I think he's going to get cut. But it'll be interesting to see how that shakes out on the interior. Uh, the veteran that I'm most impressed with is uh, Marcus Epps, not only because he's going to address the position of need for us, but I think he's going to help raise uh, the level of, tra- of tra- Trayvon Bering, too. I think he's going to compel him to reach his potential. They could be a nice tandem and really uh, clean things up back there. And uh, one thing I want to close with is that I think it's time we really give Dave Ziegler some credit. Yep. Uh, for bringing in some depth, not going out and getting stars, but getting ascending players and creating competition. Because ultimately, I think that's what's going to help our defense improve is the competition he's brought in, the defensive line, uh, linebacker, and particularly defensive back. Thanks, Q. Have a great weekend. Hey, great call, man. Great call. And, yeah, I think Dave Ziegler needs to get a lot of credit. Now, I want to see all these guys that he's been drafting and bringing in continue to produce. But, I mean, for the draft picks he had last year in a small capacity, I thought that, you know, Dylan Parham was really good. You saw glimpses of Thayer Munford 
And Thayer Mumford looks like he's going to have a much bigger role this year. Got to see something from those interior guys, though. Neil Farrell, Matthew Butler, they've got to step up and do something. And then Zamir White, I believe, is going to have a big role uh, this year. Uh, regardless when Josh Jacobs shows up, I believe he's going to have a big role. I think there's going to be a nice one-two punch. Again, everyone's waiting for Josh Jacobs to show up. But Zamir White, Britton Brown, I- I'm not too sure. But he was a seventh-round pick, so I don't really uh, hold too much. You know, that doesn't really carry too much weight as far as I'm concerned. But – We'll see. We'll see what happens. But, yeah, Zamir White will have a much bigger role this year. I, I do believe those interior guys, man, Butler and Farrell Jr., they need to step up and play in a major way. Let's take one more call before we get to Cassie Soto. How about Raider X? Welcome to the show. What's on your mind, Raider X? Hey, good afternoon, brother. <clears throat> hey, really quick, uh, you know, I haven't felt like this in a while where I'm really anxious about, you know, the cutdowns uh, going into Monday. But, um, you know, because I think that, you know, we have so many, you know, tweeners right now of, of really who we can cut and, there's going to be a lot of good individuals that are going to get jumped on by other teams. So that's what's scary, you know, and you always hate to see somebody, you know, I love to see other people succeed, but damn, I want to see them you know, succeed in silver <laughs> and black. But right. I'm more excited about Wednesday. And why I say Wednesday is because, you know, cutting those players and seeing what falls or what types of opportunities comes, you know, open on Wednesday after the other teams make cuts or make yeah. arrangements. And, you know, you start looking, I think the Raiders right now are, are riding around 2.8, uh, 3.0 uh, million on cap space, which isn't a lot, but I think they can always get it done. And you know, everybody's talking about you know Patrick Queen, you know, seeing what goes out there on that linebacker thing. You never know, you know, uh, it, it just might be an opportunity that just falls in their lap because I think they've been sitting back for a bit. Obviously, you saw them kind of you know make some arrangements to get uh, you know Peters on, yeah. and you know obviously they're still in the deal with Jacobs. I, I believe it's a foregone conclusion. They get that linebacker. That is just that is the cherry on top, and bam, man! That those uh those uh you know those forecasts going at the sports books are just going to change dramatically <laughs> because I think that will really put them over the top and really you know make them get into the discussion like wow, watch out for this dark horse because this dark horse can run. All right. Hey, good stuff, Raider X. Thanks for the call. And, yeah, I mean, Patrick Queen is a guy that's been talked about quite a bit. I don't know what Baltimore's going to do with him. Uh, He was a guy that I liked quite a bit coming out of LSU. So uh, we'll see what he ends up doing. Uh, We'll see what they end up doing with him and and how the Raiders feel about their linebacking room. Uh, According to Dave Ziegler and Chip Kelly yesterday, they felt pretty good about it, right? And, And Robert Spillane, again, those could be two really good pickups, right? I I know I uh, I singled out Robert Spillane, but, man, that pickup of, of Marcus Peters, those two guys really could have a big-time impact. That, that linebacking room could all of a sudden become really tough and, and be, you know, again, I think it's a little thin, but it could end up being a, a strength of the team. And the secondary, they, they do have a little bit extra swagger than they had before, and I think a lot of that has to do with Marcus Peters. He kind of has that infectious uh, personality, and, and sometimes that just rubs off on people and gives them a little bit more confidence that they might not have had beforehand so thank you so much for that keep your feedback coming 69187 keyword r when we don't have a guest you can give us a call at 702-365-9200 but we do have a guest coming up next and it may be for the last time as we talk to cassie soto here on radio nation radio 920 that was the opening drive of unnecessary roughness on raider nation radio 920 a.m brought to you by paul pata law it's not about the injury it's about the recovery What's in that napkin right there? Oh yeah, I saw that on uh on the internet. Yeah, you're on to you're on to a, yeah. a new adventure. Also, oh, yeah, Cassie, good luck out there. Thanks. Yeah. 
You're listening to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q. Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. There you heard GM Dave Ziegler. Yesterday, him and Champ Kelly met with the media at the Intermountain Health Performance Center. You heard him talking about, bye, Cassie. Best of luck. Cassie Soto joins us now on the phone lines from the Review Journal. But I think this is past tense, and she joins us now. And Cassie, I, I guess it's bye-bye-bye. How's, how's things going with you? It's going. Yes, it's official. I turned in uh, all my badge and equipment around, I think, 11 o'clock this morning. So, yeah, I have like half a day to enjoy before starting my new adventure. Nice, nice. So I have a question to ask you. Is the new adventure public knowledge or is it still under wraps? It is, yeah. So uh, I can can talk about it. I'll be joining an event production company here in town, actually, right down the street from Allegiant Stadium. So I'm hoping, you know, if uh, if they haven't done any tailgating or any sort of pregame parties for Raiders games yet, you you know very well I'm going to go in on Monday and suggest some things. Um, so, yeah, so I'll be helping put on different events around town. And, um, you know, I really wanted to stay in Las Vegas. I'm allegedly still getting married this October, so I couldn't <laughs> go too far. So, um, you know, yeah, I'll be around for sure. I like it. I like it. Well, it's been a, it's been such a pleasure to have you on the show, and of course, you know, seeing you around the facility or or at the games or whatever the case has been. I mean, you've been always the constant professional. So, what is that? What has it meant to you, though, to be able to cover sports? You went to UNLV to be able to cover a professional team in in, in this neighborhood in this area. What has it meant to you this run? Q, I think we spoke for the very first time when you were doing your locked on um, from Texas still, and you yep. called me during COVID. And you asked me, like, hey, you know, kind of what's going on in Vegas? Like, how's everything? And that was, what, three, yeah, three years ago now. Yeah. And the growth, even in that time, like, of what I've been able to cover, I know for you yourself, right? Like, the growth in that time has just been crazy. And to think about five years at the RJ and what I was able to accomplish and, and my goodbye, you know, on my social media, as I put, like, you know, that was a kind of, like, pat on the back to myself that I've had this dream to be a sports broadcaster ever since I was 12 years old. I went, you know, in middle school, I was reading like the lunchroom news over the intercoms in middle school. I went to a high school that specifically had journalism and I was doing the school news there. And it's just crazy that, you know, before, and again, I, I never allow myself to pat myself on the back, but I did it. I was on the sidelines of an NFL game, you know, before my, I turned 30, and I did it, and I, it's just bittersweet to be able yeah. to appreciate it, and again, to see all the kind messages, like, not that I, you know, didn't take the time to appreciate it, but to be able to see all the messages, and how much people loved, you know, the coverage, and some messages, you know, got me a little emotional more than others, saying, you know, that I represented for the Hispanic community. And they always love the, you know, the little Mexican flair that I brought into <laughs> my social media posts and whatnot. Like, that meant a lot. And it was really special. And, you know, never say never, right? Like, I'm not closing the door completely on sports media. But um, I'm taking a self and taking care of myself and my mental. And, and that's what's important. And I hope that that's something that everybody can, is able to do for themselves and, and appreciate themselves and, you know, give them that – give themselves that grace every once in a while. 
Yeah, no, there's no doubt, and you've done a fantastic job, like I mentioned. And, you know, you, just because you start something new don't mean that you can't go back to something old, right? And, right. and I've, I've always told you from day one that you're a hell of a talent. I thought you had more talent than you even realized how much you had. So, <laughs> I mean, I, I know a guy at a radio station. If you ever look for a radio job, I know a guy. I'm just saying. You know, yeah, maybe put in a good word for me. You know, down the road. <laughs> if, you could, if you could get a few minutes with him, get his ear, that would be nice. I mean, he's a tough guy to get a hold of, right? He acts like he's busy. I think so. I, I definitely think so. Well, good luck to, from, from all of us, Cassie. I mean, really, good luck on everything you're doing. And like I said, everything, you know, if you, uh, if you ever need anything from us on our side of things, make sure you don't hesitate to, uh, to reach out because, you know, we got your back at all times, right? I appreciate it. I appreciate it. And, again, to all the fans that took the time to, you know, I don't know about you, Q, but, like, I never got into this, like, wanting people to know my name or wanting to be recognized. I just wanted, you know, to go out there and, produce some great content and to bring you know the public a different point of view uh, uh, to be able to bring in hey this is what we saw in the press conference you know different angles that the public isn't allowed to get and to be able to bring that in so for people like that anyone to anyone who ever shouted my name out and said Cassie from the review journal at Raiders games at tailgates like it really is just confirmation that you know we're, we're doing a good good job we're doing good work and so anybody that ever took the time to say hi or, you know, great coverage, I, it goes such a long way, and it's only memories that I'll never forget, and I just really, really appreciate it. Yeah, no, there's no doubt. I'll tell you, I got into it because I didn't know how to do anything else. <laughs> I didn't know how to do – I couldn't do anything but talk, so I just said I better stick with this. <laughs> so, right. you know, there's there's that. But before we, we – you know, I don't want to let you go without talking about the Raiders. You've been out at camp. You've been there uh, at the games at Allegiant Stadium. You've seen what how they're trying to build this thing up. You saw Dave Ziegler and Champ Kelly. You talked to them yesterday. What do you just kind of think of this overall team that they've put together so far, which they've got to cut down to 53 on Tuesday? Yeah, no, definitely. I think they've – like they said, there are going to be some hard decisions to make. And I feel like that's definitely the approach you'd rather have than being like, oh, you know, this is easy. We know who to cut. We know that the competition that was built during training camp, during the joint practices that we were able to see, they definitely do have a tough task ahead of them on Tuesday. And I'm hoping, you know, some of the guys that, you know, I've always had, you know, a vested interest in the Amik Robertsons, the Nate Hobbs, you know, that they were able to come out and make a name for themselves this year should they be able to make it to that 53-man roster. Obviously, UNLV, you know, uh, that UNLV love with Adam Plant, definitely yeah. rooting for him. Um, Javen White, unfortunately, you know, wasn't able to get his shine with the Raiders. So if, if Adam Plant is able to put the Rebels on the map, that would be awesome. Even if he, you know, is able to stay on that practice squad and work his way up, that would be great. Um, but, yeah, definitely a lot to get done. I think what Raider Nation wants is to figure out what they're going to do with RB1. That, I feel, is you know, very important. And I was kind of trying to see if I could wait it out to see if I'd be able to make it in time and, and to get that news out. And maybe that'd be one of my last breaking news coverages I was able to do with the review journal. Unfortunately, selfishly wasn't able to do that, but hopefully that gets done sooner rather than later. And, you know, Raiders fans have a better grasp of where their team is going to be headed this year. I think it's coming. I think it's coming. Yeah. I, I don't, of course, I don't know anything uh, you know, substantial, but I think it's coming. I just right. feel like sooner rather than later, Josh Jacobs will be signing that deal and, and, and reporting to camp and reporting to the team because they need him, as you know, week one against Denver, and he does really well 
against the Denver Broncos. I wanted to ask you about Marcus Peters because uh, we've been talking about veterans and who has the biggest impact. How much do you think the addition of Marcus Peters has helped guys like Nate Hobbs and a Jacorian Bennett? Yeah, definitely. Anytime you have a veteran presence because you're able to learn from them in just a different way, right? Obviously, you can ask the coaches, you can ask players alongside you, but that veteran presence is definitely important. And to be able to say, like, hey, young gun, this is how I've been able to do this. You know, this is how I've mm-hmm. been able to have a successful career. Don't make the moment bigger than what it is. And so I think, and again, a guy that if you were able to listen to his press conference, a guy that is very excited to be wearing a, a Raiders jersey and mm-hmm. to be able to have his family supporting him, that just brings a whole nother angle and a whole nother level of wanting, you know, to achieve greatness with this team. I think that that's um, definitely something that you can't put a price tag on um, with a veteran guy like that. No, I agree. I think that he's going to do some really good things. I mentioned Robert Spillane as well. I think he's a guy that's going to help out that linebacking room. He just – and you've talked to him. He just seems like a guy that the only language he knows is football. <laughs> I was just <laughs> – I was literally going to say the same thing. Like, I don't know if, like, he – yeah, like, you know, and again, not a knock. I know it's going to sound rude, but I don't know if he knows anything other than football. And sometimes that's exactly what you need. And yep. Robert Spillane is definitely that kind of guy. Yeah, he is. And it's it's so funny. Like, just just listening to him talk, that's all he talks about is football, which is great. That's fine. I have no problem with that. It's just it's funny that, that you could tell how super focused he is just right. on ball. So was there any other big takeaways that you had from the presser yesterday with uh, Dave Ziegler and Champ Kelly? No, that it was so rudely interrupted by Will Kiss celebrating 15 years with the Raiders that uh, I didn't get my moment. I did recognize that. How yeah. rude. Yeah, that was um, rude. <laughs> but no, I mean, clearly they, you know, they didn't want to speak too much on the Josh Jacobs situation. They said they didn't know what's going on in Indy. If you turn on ESPN, you know what's going on in Indy. For like, sure. All right. You know, um, but no, I think they're, they're, like all of us, right? They're going to do the best that they can. They, I don't think they're going to be tanking anytime soon. But, hey, I, I, this team, we've seen its highs and lows, and the unpredictability here in the NFL, and especially with this team, I think they're just got to roll with the punches and, and do what they can to make it a, the best product that they can on the field this year. Yeah, well, I'll tell you what. I'm glad that the preseason's over after tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm, just, <laughs> right. I'm done. Right. <laughs> I'm done with preseason as soon as tomorrow's over. We'll, we'll close out with this. Uh, after games, you always are in the locker room. You talk to Max. I talk to Max, but he's kind of usually the one of the last guys to be ready to leave, and, and you're always hanging around talking to him. What have you seen from him as far as just the, the leadership role that he's taken this year? It seems like he's gone from where he already was and taken it to a whole nother level. Absolutely, absolutely. And I said it again. I've said it year after year. Like, I don't think we've seen his ceiling yet. I don't think we've seen the best of him yet. And he's just getting more and more focused. I mean, I don't know that a full, um, full length body tattoo of like putting legends on your body, like, I don't think he's going to fail them, right? I think he talks right. about Kobe Bryant every opportunity he gets of how just how much success and greatness he's wishing to achieve. And I think that that's going to show, and especially, I would say now, like, he is the face of this franchise. Like, I'd go mm-hmm. as far as say that. If it, you know, knock on wood doesn't happen or doesn't work out with Josh Jacobs, like, I would be, you know, I, I wouldn't hesitate to say that he's the face of the franchise. So he's going to put this team on his back. He's a guy that definitely does not like to lose. Right. And he's going to do what he can to you know, represent that, that uh, Raiders shield he got tattooed on himself. His, was it his rookie year? His yeah. sophomore year? Yep. Yeah, his rookie um, year. Yeah. Yep. 
So mm. you don't you don't get that if you're not dedicated. And I think that um, he's he's got a very very successful career ahead of him. And I, I always tell people when they ask me like, oh, Cass, what, what jersey should I buy? I'm like. I don't think you can go wrong with a Crosby jersey. I think you'll be wearing it for a couple of years and won't just be a one and done. Right, exactly. You know, the thing about Max is, and it's kind of with leadership, right? You kind of take a role. You take you take on what your leadership's role is. Now that he, like you mentioned, is the face of the franchise, it seems like these Raiders, on offense and defense, have a little bit more attitude, a little bit more swagger, a little I don't give a damn to them, right? It just it seems like more of them act like Max as opposed to what we saw from previous years. Right. Well, even hearing from Michael Mayer the other day for the first time when uh, that was the talk in uh, of camp, the first couple padded practices, and uh, Josh McDaniels even came out to say, hey, Max Crosby just baptized Michael Mayer. Like, he just baptized our, our, our rookie. Mm-hmm. So now hearing from Michael Mayer and saying, like, every day I'm getting better. So if you've got one of the best defensive players in the league, and here he is going up against a rookie tight end every day in and day out, like, that's only going to set up Michael Mayer for success, so boom, automatically helping improve your your offense one step at a time. So I, again, I think it's just, like his talent and his leadership, yeah, is just going to radiate uh, across this entire team. Yeah, I think so. I really do. So I'm interested to see what happens. I mean, obviously we've seen preseason. It's, it all matters what happens in the regular season, but they just got a little bit different attitude and swag about themselves, and you know, we'll see where you know they have to let the chips fall where they may, but. We'll see it sooner rather than later. Well, Cassie, fantastic stuff, fantastic run. I mean, really. And like I said before, uh, just because you, you're closing the door right now doesn't mean the door is locked, right? It's still right. it's still unlocked, and you can always come back. And like I said, if there's anything that you ever need, you've got friends over here. All you got to do is reach out. We got your back. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. And, yeah, you know, again, I'll be around if I can find my I – tried, I tried to tell PR, like, hey, man, if you don't want to cancel my credential, like, it's okay. Like, I can hand out stat sheets, like, whatever – you know, I might be free on some Sundays. I won't know what to do with myself on Sundays anymore. So I'll be around. I'll be hanging out. So if you see me again, always nice to see friendly faces. You know, give me a shout out. Um, say hi. I, I love meeting um, the fans. And it's just, it's just, it gives you a nice little appreciation of just how, you know, how far and wide our, our work goes. Yeah, there's no doubt. And, and you know what? Appreciate it right now because so many times we get so busy that we don't appreciate it while it's going on, and then we have to look back later. So appreciate it, appreciate it, appreciate it some more. You've earned yeah. it, and uh, we thank you so much. Thank you, guys. There she goes, Cassie Soto. Cassie Soto, formerly of the Las Vegas Review-Journal. Now she's on to bigger and better things and uh, hasn't closed the door completely on, uh, on, on sports media. And as I mentioned to her uh, before on and off the air that, you know, I think that she'd be a hell of a radio host. Uh, I think that she could host her own show. Matter of fact, when I first got to town, I told her immediately, like, hey, man, I know you enjoy that camera work, but I think you could do a show. I think you'd be a great uh, radio host and, and personality, and uh, she's obviously come on with us plenty of times. She's shown up in person pl- at Buffalo Wild Wings before and even at the Aces facility, and always really good conversation. So definitely appreciate Cassie for all that she's done, and uh, she'll continue to do, right? And so I'm sure that we'll be talking sooner rather than later, but we definitely appreciate her and her efforts. 2.47 is the time. We'll take a quick break. We'll come back, close out hour number one of the show just like that. It's Radio Nation Radio 920. <laughs> You're listening to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q. Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. 702-365-9200. Don'tbebroke.com text sign is 69187, keyword r Feel free to hit us up at any point of the show. 
you can give us a call and we don't have a guest. And, of course, you can always hit up the don'tbebroke.com text line, get your feedback in. Uh, with it. it could be a subject we're talking about. It could be a guest that we're talking to and you want to get a question in. Uh, that's how that works. Again, 69187, keyword R&R, and the Rare Nation listener line is 702-365-9200. Just finished uh, talking with Cassie Soto for the last time for a while. Have a feeling she'll be back sooner rather than later because, uh, well, sports sports media, she loves it. And so I'm assuming that at some point she'll dip back into it. And plus, I know a guy that's probably going to continue to try to convince her <laughs> to be on the radio. I'm just saying, I know a guy that knows a guy who knows a guy. Coming up at the top of the hour, we got Kenny Shedd, former Raider wide receiver. He's a podcaster. He's a film director. I mean, he does a whole lot of things these days. Uh, we'll talk to him about his podcast, K Shed, Shed Uncuffed. Uh, we'll also talk about the Vegas project that he's working on right now. And there's a big fight event going on tomorrow here in Vegas that Kenny's going to be a part of as well. So we'll talk to him about that coming up at 3 o'clock and get his thoughts on what he saw when he was at Allegiant Stadium for the Raiders and 49ers preseason game number one and just his thoughts on the preseason in general and the competition that he sees on this Raiders team. But, again, we want to hear from you, 69187, keyword R&R, 702-365-9200. What is the position battle that intrigues you the most, and who is the vet that the Raiders brought in this offseason that you believe will have the biggest impact? Those are the questions that I'm asking, and uh, we got a bunch of feedback already by way of text. Brad in Concord said, I totally agree with you that the veteran, I think, will make the biggest difference in Spillane. I think every team needs that mean, thumper-type middle linebacker like a Matt Millen, a Romanowski, a Brian Cushing, or a Ray Lewis. We have not had that in a long time. I don't know for sure if Spillane will be that guy, but from his mindset, build, and play style, he's the best possibility for this, and I think this will bolster this defense back back there behind Max. And that's the thing. Like, I don't think for one instance that Robert Spillane is like Ray Lewis, right? I'm not, not going to say that, but I just think that he has that, that tough middle linebacker mentality. Right? I mean, Divine Diablo, I think, could be a good linebacker, but he's still learning the position. Robert Spillane is a, is a linebacker's linebacker, right? And I know that those kind of guys are getting phased out of the game a little bit. A lot of the guys are a lot smaller now, right? Like a Drake Thomas is really smaller, right? A Luke Masterson is smaller than the old traditional type linebackers. But I do believe that there's a, there's a, a spot, a role for a Spillane on the, on the Raiders' defense. And the funny thing is, when the Raiders signed him, I didn't know what that role was. I really didn't. I questioned it. Okay, Where does he fit in this defense? How do they use him? Well, now that I've seen practice, now that I've seen training camp, and now that I've seen the preseason games, I'm like, okay, all right, I get it, right? I kind of understand what they're trying to do. And I'm trying – I've seen the vision that that Dave Ziegler has and, and, and Pat Graham has for the defense. And then talking to Antonio Pierce, the linebackers coach, and how much Robert Sperling brings to the table, I ain't going to question him. <laughs> Why would I question him? He's done it at the highest levels. He knows what he's looking for. So – it's, I, I like it. I like the addition. And the one thing that I was concerned about was coverage. And I know it was, only, it was only training camp joint practices, but the guy came away with multiple interceptions. So clearly, <laughs> clearly he, he does know how to get the ball if he sees it. If he, if, he, if he sees the ball headed his way, he can make a play on it. I'm not saying he's going to be running down the field with uh, Travis Kelsey and have them covered like a glove, which, oh, by the way, is somebody the Raiders do need a guy that can do that. But if the ball's in the air – there's, there's no telling if Robert Spillane's going to make a play because he, he very well could. And you know he can come downhill and thump. That's the other thing about it. So he can clean up any kind of mess that may be behind that defensive line. Lincoln Kennedy always calls them space, space eaters, right? Space eaters are there and gives the guys behind the space eaters an opportunity to go clean up the play, right? And so that's, that's, what, that's what I'm looking at, Robert Spillane. And, and also on top of that, just to be able to bring that attitude to that linebacking room, that's something else that they need. They you got to have a little attitude about yourself. You, sometimes 
and it's going to sound weird, you, you got to just believe that you're the baddest mofo out there, right? I mean, sometimes you just got to walk the walk and, and, and talk the talk. And if you believe it, then all of a sudden it'll start, to, it'll start to resonate with the rest of the guys. Sometimes you just got to walk out there like your stones are bigger than anybody else's and ain't nobody going to tell you nothing. That's just what you got to do. Coming up next, Kenny Shedd, former Raider wide receiver. He'll kick off hour number two of the show. It's Raider Nation Radio 920.